All right, it's 327 here on the Blitz 1170. We're streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. We want to hear from you on the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line, and you can do that by hitting us up at 918-262-5072. That's 918-262-5072. More on the Super Bowl and all that implies coming up here in just a bit. But I wanted to start with something that we... Touched on briefly yesterday. Scott just brought it up. But tomorrow here on the Blitz at 5 o'clock, you can hear Bedlam Basketball, the pregame with John Holcomb, Dave Hunziker, as they uh, take you through the 60 minutes of pregame before we get to tip off. It is still remarkably quiet on the Bedlam front. As quiet as I can remember in quite some time, especially with everything hanging over this game, whether that be the last appearance maybe by the Cowboys in Lloyd Noble in a while. We don't know what the future holds for the series. We're talking about potentially the penultimate matchup between the two in general for a while, whether it's in Norman or not. Penultimate. Look it up, Dion. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just about ready to give you props for using the yeah, word. Look it up. SAT word over here, Mr. Kawita. Look it up. Using this Webster dictionary. But outside of that, outside of Mike Boynton basically saying, hey, we've just got some new faces and they haven't been able to experience Bedlam so far. I think the overall record from Oklahoma State plays a role in this or and this is why I really wanted to bring this up, is this more of the overall state of where we're at, at, at of college basketball from just an overwhelming fandom and how it has shifted in this state over the last decade or so? And that kind of presents to us why we are hearing lack of noise. I think a significant part of it is, is that if Oklahoma State was in the Oklahoma position, you know, they had been ranked or maybe now on the outside of the top 25, at least have spending some time there, you know that there's a, a future destination in terms of postseason. There would probably be more, but I don't even know how much more just overall that there would be with just basketball in general in this state. It's funny you say that because me and Scott were kind of talking about that before the show, just the excitement over basketball in this state has been really low this year and we could not figure out what was going on like i brought it up i mean oklahoma state being at the state of where they are right now i mean losing their best player uh, less than a like a couple weeks ago and then you know oklahoma had start had a hot start to the season and then it's kind of tapered off as as of late i i but still it's bedlam you know, and like you said, penultimate, and for those who are wondering, last but one in a series of things, second to last. I, I Googled it. So just. Yeah, you could just say next to last. But that's not the Google definition. I had to do the whole thing pop. Uh, I, I'm surprised as well that there isn't, you know, a lot more build up to this game, or maybe is it not good marketing on the fact that because I didn't even I wasn't even aware that Bedlam was this weekend until <laughs> I like saw it on my email from ESPN talking about mm. the games that are going on this weekend now, and they're like Oklahoma Oklahoma State. I was like, wait, what for well, real? Someone's not doing very many old poke shows on basketball, then, are you? <laughs> hey, man, it's a tough time for the Cowboys right now. We we try to focus on the positive here. Coming up next weekend, we got Janaba Weatherspoon on the podcast. 
<laughs> you stop it, all right? We're we're just we're we're doing our best. We're we're doing our best. And and I, no Byron Eton, nothing. Come on. Hey man, he's a Dallas legend. All right, Triple D Dallas, Texas stand up. Byron Eton, half court shot, baby. Dallas Lincoln, you know it is, baby. But yeah, like I, I'm. I'm baffled by the lack of exposure and the lack of excitement, especially for what it could potentially be. I mean, it's so undecided. I mean, are these guys going to play consistently in the future? I mean, they do. Ha- they had that, you know, Big 12 SEC rivalry game. I mean, is it going to be something that is played? Do we know what the end result of all this? Like, Well, I, I do think that there were part of this, and Colby, I don't know whether you agree or not, that, there was a finality, it seems, with football, and we know the stretch of time to have before they even have a next opportunity. I, there's a part of me that feels like that some of this also involves the um, the unknown, but it's so much easier to potential schedule basketball meetings between the two than it ever would be football. So I think they kind of got that in their back pocket a little bit, even if it does go away for a few years, but it's still... Not necessarily. It's not going to be the same, which is why I'm surprised there hasn't at least been more written about that the way that there was with football. This is virtually nothing I mean, out there. I think the next one will have more, more to it. Attention on it because it's the last one, right? Like if you win this one, you have bragging rights for what two weeks? <laughs> yes. And then and then you play again and you potentially lose those bragging rights. So yeah, I mean I think that part of it is that that they're going to meet twice. And this is the first of two meetings in a short amount of time, so I don't think anybody is is going to be going super overboard with you know this one matchup and and feeling like this is the end all be all. I think we've seen just the sport of college basketball in this state take a giant hit over the last decade, uh, with obviously the Thunder being here and and with as many times as the Thunder have had, I think really fun and and superstar type of teams that takes away i mean winning winning cures all right so if both of these teams are really good that will take care of itself but when one or both aren't necessarily up to par i think that really hurts the overall perception of of just the two teams and the rivalry in general and then i think it's also a victim of timing this week with I think the Thunder and, you know, the the competitive race in the Western Conference and the trade deadline and the acquisition of Gordon Hayward and it's College Super Bowl softball. week. Yeah. College softball just gets underway, which is probably, I mean, at least in Norman, the second most popular sport on campus. And then, you know, the attention that obviously the death of Toby Keith is receiving, especially in Norman, right? So... I think there are a bunch of elements that kind of contribute to this thing flying under the radar. But as we talked about yesterday, I, I can't remember a Bedlam basketball matchup that has been this far under the radar. Man, I think you answered the question right there, Colby. I feel like it goes back to that same answer that was talked about so many years ago when Kevin Durant and Westbrook and all those guys were, you know, bringing basketball to the forefront here in Oklahoma, it with that popularity rising, it's the decrease in popularity of college basketball all over the state. And with, you know, Chet and, you know, SGA and all those guys being, you know, forefronts in the Western Conference in the NBA basketball. Trey Mann. Oh, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> 
too soon, Pop. Come on, man. <laughs> see, I see you, Gordon. I see you. I see you coming through. I see you. But uh, yeah, I think with Can we the, put the... Davis Burton's number in the rafters. <laughs> yes, by the Yes, I know. <laughs> with that being the case, I think with the rise with OKC Thunder, the less basketball is cared about in those other spectrums around the state. I'm not talking just talking about you know. Oklahoma State and OU and, and TU and ORU, talking about from high school as well. I think it's just so much attention is being paid on the pro level that even Bedlam has decreased in value this year. It's just odd. Um, there, there have been years where it feels like that even when the teams have, both of them haven't been that great, that there's at least been more conversation around it than this year. So I, I think I'm with Colby. I think it's a combination of a variety of things and timing that are playing a significant part of this, uh, along with where Oklahoma State currently sits at. Um, you know, Boynton was talking about, and maybe that's just a that's just a change anyway, but to, to how we view basketball. But it's so weird because, and I know Alabama and Auburn are good, so it's this is probably like a bad example because both basketball programs are kind of at their peak right now. Uh, better for both of them than they ever have been before, but it's like I've seen more about Auburn versus Alabama basketball matchups than I have collectively what I've seen about Bedlam. It's just, uh, it's so strange for someone that grew up maybe not necessarily in the heyday, but pretty damn close to it, because I think, Scott, you and and myself and Colby (laughs) were all, yes, of the older than at least Dion, but seemingly coming through of one of the absolute heydays between the two from, you know, middle of the 80s from what was happening with with Billy Tubbs all the way through with Eddie Sutton and then Kelvin Sampson and those guys. I mean, we we got to see, I think, probably it 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 and the, the rivalry at its peak between those two. So I'm always going to look at it from a different, I think, lens than I think what maybe someone like Dion would. Not that you even paid attention Ernie to basketball. Ernie Abercrombie and Randy Rutherford aren't running out of that tunnel. Uh, they are not, <laughs> nor is Nate Erdman. Nate Erdman will not be making an appearance at all. <laughs> Nate Erdman. Or Yosef Zindry. Skeeter Barnes. Skeeter Barnes. <laughs> I mean, to speak for my generation, I, I guess we didn't, we weren't as aware of you know the hype and how and limp biscuit when you did that DJ generation sorry we we weren't aware of the uh the the excitement that you guys got to experience but when bedlam was you know coming to the forefront and was was a, was coming up in the schedule. Everybody was aware of it. And those games yeah. were intense, and you knew they were going to be fun. So you still wanted to get a ticket. You wanted to be in the building. It just doesn't even feel like people are just you know even yearning to be a part of it. You know, there's another part of this, and I don't. Uh, I think it probably affects the Oklahoma side of it more than Oklahoma State. And I'm not trying to say that there are people on the. They're not people that don't care about what I'm getting ready to bring up on the Oklahoma State side. But, Colby, how much in just doing shows in general has it changed with the amount of time and effort that you put into talking about recruiting on the football side? Mm. Like, that has sucked the air out of a lot 
of the just other sports from a timing perspective. Absolutely. And also from just taking a sport that is so beloved in the state anyway and being able to add that extra element to it because information is more readily available now if you just want to focus on football and recruiting and who's coming next. I know people that are more into recruiting than actually watching the damn games during the season. Like, or more interested in, like, who's the next? Who's the next? It's just this ongoing cycle. It just keeps repeating and repeating. Now you add Portal onto that. Uh, the amount of money that's being thrown around for football. I mean, football sucks sucks up so much of everyone's attention now that that is a big element to, I think, some of the downfall of basketball, at least in this era. A- well, area. remember, we, we used to do this thing where it was college football, college football, college football, right? And then the football season ended, and then it went straight into college basketball, and then college football was kind of quiet, and then you did, like, signing day, right? Yes. Yeah. And then that was a really big deal. And then it went quiet again until after the NCAA tournament, and then you started spring football conversation. Like, that was kind of the, the, the calendar of your, your most popular topics of conversation. And then I think the, the combination of what the college football calendar has become, where it's so much more active in the dead periods than it ever was, and the Thunder taking away some of that spotlight that was normally dedicated to college basketball, and... I think the the third and and maybe most important element of it all is I think just the overall product of college basketball declining. You know, all three of those things I think majorly contribute to what the overall attention level is on college hoops. If, so, go if, ahead. If both, if all three of those give, you could give credit to all three of those for the lackluster, you know appreciation for college basketball at this moment just in the state or in general which one is the one especially in Oklahoma that you would lean towards most of taking that attention away because we're all saying it's a culmination of all these things culmination of all these things but which one is it the most is it is it the thunder in NBA basketball is it the losing in the product from Oklahoma State and and OU or is it is it college football taking the air out of the room can I just say can I also throw in there college bat Colby kind of did this college basketball in general, like the, and there have been times and I mean, we've talked about this and I, I don't know if everyone's in agreement on this, Scott, if you are, but there are times where it has become kind of painful to watch college basketball, which is the level of play that they're at. Now that's not everyone. And I'm not throwing a blanket over the entire sport or individual universities that still play at a certain level. But I just think the the, the sport itself has suffered a bit from the quality of play. And, and what's going on here, it's not just unique here. I saw, I was watching bits and pieces of a North Carolina game the other night and it was at home. There are a lot of blue seats, a lot of empty seats. So what's, that's a top ten team. Yeah, that's a blue blood, and yeah. I mean, Boy, so what's happening? Like Kentucky's got the red ass now as well. Like they're not, you know, anywhere near the standard that they thought that they were. You know, it still thrives in places like Louisville will always thrive. I mean, they stink now, right. but Kansas, I'm, Kansas. <laughs> There are those blue bloods on the college basketball side that will seemingly always thrive and may go through a little swoon here or there with style of play and attendance, but th- that will still be okay. But, but, okay, now what's the solution to that? Because going back to what you know. were saying, Pop, it's the I don't pro- think college basketball knows either. But like yeah, the, pr- the, the product is these are college players 
playing NBA-style basketball where they're not good enough to do this. Shooting from the outside and taking those high-percentage shots all the time, they're not good enough to – like watching Oklahoma State versus, you know, Kansas and, and – like they're taking these contested shots where they're not getting easy buckets, not getting easy baskets, and it's hard to play the game that way, but that's what they're watching. That's the way the NBA – that's the way the game is being played right now. What's the solution to that? It would take a much bigger basketball brain than the one that I have uh, at all to try to sit here and, and come up with, with solutions as, as to how you go about – the answer Changing is that. you need better talent and you need more team chemistry and you're not going to get either. If the big league talent goes to the NBA as soon as they possibly can and team chemistry is out the window when you look at at the the really good players moving on, the transfer portal. I mean, we're not talking, you know, college football is one thing and there's a lot of roster turnover in college football, but with basketball, you're talking about five guys. So one guy leaves, that's 20% of of your team that's on the floor at any given moment right so you know the you just don't have i think the same amount of of chemistry within a lot of rosters and the talent level is just so far below where it used to be and we've also seen them have more access now right i mean think about the uh the uh, ignite team yep i mean you can go now and make half a million dollars you know, signing and playing and, and playing in a, in a style in a league like that's going to be more suited to what you're doing. And that's not for everyone, but that's at least another option now that some of these guys have. Just speaking of another option, do you think if the NBA goes back to letting players come straight out of high school into the NBA, it will change and increase the value of college basketball? Going back to what Kobe was saying, you know, getting people that think they – People who want to be in college basketball will stay in college basketball longer to kind of develop and, you know, improve their game at that level before going into the NBA. And those who think they're ready will just go. I I, I don't think so. There's a part of me that thinks that we we are the days of the guys sticking, the Tim Duncans of the world, the Shane Battiers. Those those days are gone, are gone, and they're not coming back. Now, I know someone's going to be like, well, what about Drew Timmy? Okay, there will always be an outlier. Yeah, always Drew be an outlier. Drew Timmy's not going to be a lottery pick, though, but right? Look like, at, Drew Timmy's not going to be look what happened with an Drew NBA Timmy. all-star. Right? Like, we had, at one point in time, there were three- and four-year guys in college that were future NBA all-stars. Mm. That is not a reality in today's college basketball. I know. and the I, guys that are four-year starters that, you know, like a Doug McDermott type of guy, right? Like, I'm not saying Drew Timmy can't play for a long time in the NBA. But Drew Timmy's not a star in the NBA. I don't know. He looks good in that head. Those man. types of guys aren't sticking around college. And I think back to, like, the teams that we grew up with. They were like, all right, let's just take the Arkansas teams, for example. It's like, <laughs> you know, we, we were already robbed of, like, greatness from the Fab Five anyway. What if they they were able to keep that group together for another year, you know, before Weber decided to leave? And, yeah. Um, you know, the, the Arkansas teams of what if you know, would have Corliss Williamson stuck around as long as he did? Would Scotty Thurman have, have been able to stick around as long as he did? Like, like no. Jalen Rose and Jawan Howard played three years at Michigan. Yeah, right? I know. Like Chris Weber played two. That's yeah. that sounds crazy. I, exactly. In today's world. Exactly.
Fab Five won the same with Ray Jackson and Jimmy King. The only the only leftovers. <laughs> no, just wasn't. It did no, not hit not the same as all at all. Yeah, just one of those things. I, I you know, I thought about that a little bit more when uh, after we brought that up yesterday and thinking about it today about just where we're at and how odd that it is that we're on the verge of a Bedlam basketball game with n- absolutely no guarantees about the future other than one more game, one more game, and that's it. That uh, it is uh, quiet as a church mouse. In, in many instances. All right, it's 348. We'll take a timeout. I believe the doc, Dr. Chris Crane, will join us next. Uh, I'm going to tweet this photo so you have a reference point to what we're talking about today. Someone snapped a photo of LeBron James on the beach, and they zoomed in on his toes. And my God, the horror show that is LeBron James' toes. <laughs> Come on, man. And that is where the conversation is. And But a lot of people suffer from some of the same stuff that – LeBron James does, like hammer toe, claw toe, bunions. It's it's bad out there in these streets, Dion, and especially for former athletes. So we'll hear from Dr. Chris Crane when we come back next year on the Blitz 1170 and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app.